Let's give Gary a big hand. Good morning, y'all. Hey, it's great to be back in River Life. Um, in fact, I wore my River shirt today. You notice that it's flowing. It's, it's never stagnant, okay? Like every moment, it's fresh. Fresh water, right? That's exactly right. Wow. Well, God's doing some amazing things right here in this church, and it's good to, to uh, be able to participate in what God's doing here. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen today. Uh, it's a good thing you took up the offering first. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, hey, um, you know, I just got back from uh, Columbia, South America, just, uh, when was that? Two weeks ago. So um, I'd like to invite you all to go with us sometime. We're going back in August uh, to Cali, Columbia. While we were there, the, um, God did some incredible things. And uh, so words began to spread all over Cali. That's where we were in Cali, Columbia, that there were some gringos down here and that there were signs and wonders and miracles taking place. And so a whole bunch of other churches uh, invited us to come straight back there. So we're going to go back visit some orphanages and prisons and uh, morning meetings with pastors and leaders and evening power evangelism meetings. And, and you get to be a part of the uh, ministry team. You lay hands on the sick, you see them recover. You see the miracles and the signs and the wonders. So if you all want to join with us, also the different events that we have in Moravian Falls, uh, you can check all that out at GaryOats.com. <coughs> That's all the address you need. <coughs> okay, back uh, a few months ago, um, Byron invited me to uh, meet with some of the leadership of the church here up there in Moravian Falls at Apple Hill, and we had a great time. God showed up, and so Byron said, hey, will you come and, and share what you shared with the leadership to the whole church? And I said, well, sure, I'd love to do that. So that's what we're going to do today. Now, when I was with the leadership, it took about two or three hours. Um, so, but since then, God's given me all kinds of new stuff, so today probably won't take more than five hours. <laughs> no, just kidding. Okay, <clears throat> what I want to do this morning is to take the mystery out of the supernatural. I want to prove to you that you're far more spiritual than you think you are, that you've had far more supernatural encounters than you will admit to. I was raised in the Baptist church. The church I was raised in uh, was taught against everything I'm doing today. I was taught that anything that was supernatural was of the devil. Not only that, but I was taught that God does not speak to us today like he did in the first century church. But I was taught that the devil is sitting on my shoulder, whispering in my ear, tempting me to sin. So we had more faith in hearing the voice of the devil, but we couldn't hear the voice of God, right? At one point, I signed a statement saying I would not speak in tongues or associate with anybody that did. <laughs> so... I've come a long way since then, okay? Um, <laughs> I got an email from a guy, and I want to read it to you, because um, we're, we're all kind of like this guy, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, he said, uh, the, the subject is, what does the presence of God feel like? <clears throat> 
He said, I got your DVD, open my eyes, Lord. I spent three hours with God the other morning asking for his presence and to open my eyes to the spirit world. I have the following experience. Can you tell me if I experienced God's presence? Now, we're going to take a vote here in just a minute. He said, I felt great pressure around my stomach and mostly my chest as if I were being squeezed hard. My whole chest area felt like it was on fire. My heart and lungs felt on fire. With my eyes closed, I saw images with such detail and color. I've never experienced that clarity with my eyes closed. However, most of the images of people were blurry figures, but the color was incredible. The one image that stood out was a blurry person in robes wearing a bright, beautiful ring. The ring was solid gold with two humps and with very bright, sparkling jewels on it. I want God's presence so bad it hurts. Then he goes on to say, Also, the last four mornings I spent with God asking for his presence, and to open my eyes, it's been very dry and nothing happens. <coughs> Excuse me. I feel sometimes like the Holy Spirit whispers to me, it will happen in God's timing. What do you think? <laughs> now, what do you think? Did this guy have an experience of the Lord? Yeah. Yes. Okay. But you all have done the same thing. Just like this guy had an amazing encounter with the Lord and then he turns right around and he questions it. You've done exactly the same thing. I know you have because I've done it. I've done it too. <laughs> right now this room is full of, it's full of uh, movies. It's full of sporting events, music, talk shows. There's all kinds of stuff going on in this room right now. And if we were to set a television set up here, okay, the television set's a receiver. And it picks up the signals in this room that you can't see with your natural physical eye. And it converts it into a form that you can see right god has given you spiritual receiving equipment to pick up the things of the spirit that are going on right now in this room that you can see just like you can see on that television set you can see on the screen of your mind as the spirit brings revelation to you your eyes are opened to see in the realm of the spirit turn over to hebrews chapter 5 in hebrews chapter 5 we're going to see that the receiving equipment that we have received from God is our senses. We have five senses, right? Okay, let's take a look at this, but it's not the ones you were thinking about. Okay, verse 14, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. But solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Okay, let's look at this. Who, because of practice, what is practice? What's practice? Over and over. It's trial and error. You keep doing it until you get it, right? That's true of everything in the Christian life. We, we practice these things. We practice them. We practice them. We practice them. And after a while, we'll get them down. But you know what? We have a lot of failures along the way. But that's how we learn. Those failing times are good for us. but It causes us to press in all the more for the truth. Through practice, we have our senses trained. There's the training again. Our senses. What are our senses? Talk to me. You got it. Eyes, ears, nose, mouth, hands. Yeah. That's right. That's basically, that's, that's what it boils down to. Having our senses trained to do what? 
to discern good and evil. That is the discerning of spirits, and we're going to take a we're, we're going to look at that in, in just a moment uh, as well. Just as we have five physical senses, we have five spiritual senses that correspond. I believe in Hebrews chapter 5, it's talking about our spiritual senses because it's your spiritual senses that activate the discerning, the discernment, okay? So, um, take for example the sense of smell. Now, somebody yelled that out back there in the back. Uh, You know, we have a tendency to kind of overlook that, but you all have experienced the spiritual sense, or most of you have, probably all of you, but you just didn't know it at the time. Have you been in, like, in a worship time, just like this morning, just the worship is so wonderful, and uh, all of a sudden you just smell this fragrance. You know, it's like there's a perfume or something all around you, and, and you know, you're looking around, and maybe you poke the person next to you and say, whoa, do you smell that? And they don't smell anything. Have you had that happen? I mean, yeah, okay, a lot of you. Now, that happens all the time. If that was your natural physical sense of smell, everybody around you would have smelled the same thing, but they didn't. You, God was bringing revelation to you about the presence of the Lord right there with you at that moment. It was your spiritual sense of smell. What about hearing? Uh, we had a couple up there at Moravian Falls, and uh, they were going to bed, and this lady said, Hey, did you hear that? Did you hear that? And he, he said, What are you talking about? He said, Did you hear that shofar? He said, no, I didn't hear anything. He said, go to sleep. <laughs> a couple of minutes later, did you hear that? Did, that was even louder. Did you hear that chauffeur blowing? He said, no, I didn't hear anything. She thought she was hearing with her natural physical ears. She was not. She was hearing with her spiritual hearing. And that's how we hear the voice of God. The same way. Okay, we'll, we'll, talk, about, we'll talk about that just a little later on. When we're talking about hearing, I want to do a little experiment right now, okay? I want you to don't say anything out loud, but I want you to say your name to yourself right now. Go ahead and do that. Okay. Now, did you hear you say your name? Yeah, you did. You heard yourself say your name, but you didn't say anything out of your mouth, and nobody said your name out loud, so you did not hear with your natural physical ears. You heard with your inner ear, so to speak, right? In, in uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 24, it says, Take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you and more will be given to you besides. I used to think this was talking about our physical hearing. You know, there's a lot of junk out there that we listen to we ought not to be listening to, right? And we hear it all the time. And I thought that's what it was referring to. It is referring to that, but it's also referring to our spiritual hearing as well. Just as you heard yourself say your name, that's how you hear your thoughts. You hear your thoughts all day long. What are the thoughts that you're processing all day long? You buy into them. You you take ownership of them, and, and you begin to act out those thoughts. They become reality to you, whether they're true or not. So take care what you listen to, because what you listen to is what you get. That's what you become. So it's not only with our natural physical ears, but it's listening to our thoughts. It's listening to the voice of God. It's discerning the voice of the devil as well, saying, hey, that's not God. I'm not going to listen to that. 
I'm going to listen to what God's saying. So we have that ability to hear his voice. Okay, now what about seeing? We're, we're going through our five senses now. Smell, hearing, what about seeing? Do you have eyes to see? Do you have eyes to see in the Spirit? Yes, absolutely uh, you do. Now, in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and 2, run with endurance to race that before you, fixing your eyes on Jesus, Right? Now, is that talking about your natural physical eyes or your spiritual sight? It's your spiritual sight. There's no way that you can run and keep your fixing your eyes on Jesus 24-7. There's no way you can't do that. What about Acts chapter 2, verse uh, 25, when um, uh, Peter was talking on the day of Pentecost, and he was talking about David, where David said, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for he is at my right hand that I not be shaken. Now, what's that all about? Is he talking about his natural, physical sight? No. How can you see the Lord always in your presence at your right hand? You can't do that with your natural, physical eyes. He's talking about the eyes of his spirit. In uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Now, does your heart have physical eyes? No. Right? So what's it talking about? It's talking about your spiritual sight. Okay? Matthew, come up here. Come up here. Stand right here. Stand right beside me. Okay. Now don't move. Okay? <laughs> now, that hurt? A little bit. Yeah. Oh, you want me to hit it? Hit you good? No, that's all right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Now, you felt the pain. Yes. Okay, because I hit you physically. Right. Okay, can you feel pain without anybody hitting you? Yeah. Yeah. You can, can't you? We have a we have feeling, right? Okay. In other words, you can feel the hurt. You can feel the pain without anybody physically doing anything to you. Okay, thanks. I'll, I'll uh, pray for your arm later. <laughs> now, um, let's, uh, let's take another step with this. Oftentimes, our spiritual senses all work together. They, they overlap to a degree that sometimes you can't tell which one is actually operating. Now, I love Bob Jones' illustration of this. I know he's been here many times, and I know you've probably heard him say this because he, he, says, it, he says it quite a bit. I loved it, so I, I, I grabbed it from him. Um, but basically, he says that you can see with your ears. Right? You can see with your ears. He said, what are you talking about? Okay, Donut. Now, when I say donut, I say the word donut. You hear that word, what do you see? You see a donut. Some of you see the cream filled or some, the, the, you know, all different kinds of donuts, but you see a donut. So you can see with your ears, right? Okay. Now, if we were to take, that, take the, the, the donut, your eyes are closed. You don't know what it is. You take it in your hand and you feel it. What do you see? That's a donut. You can feel that it's a donut, so therefore you can see it, right? 
The same thing, you take a piece of it, you start eating it. Oh, that's a donut. You can see the donut. You stick it up under your nose, you smell it. That's a donut. Do you see? That's the way our spiritual senses work. They all work together, and sometimes you can't discern which one is, is working and which one isn't. Over in Luke chapter uh, 16, it tells the story of two people that died, a rich man and a poor man. Okay? They, uh, the, 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 the rich man went to hell, the poor man went to heaven. Now, they're both dead, okay? D-E-D, dead, right? They have no physical senses at all because their physical body is dead, buried in the ground. No physical senses at all. But in hell, the rich man looks up into heaven. He sees the poor man with Abraham. He says, Abraham, please send that poor man down here with a drop of water. I'm burning up in agony in these flames. Abraham says, nope, sorry, can't do that. Uh, he's up here. You're down there. You both died. You can't switch sides now. It's all over with, basically, is what he's saying. Now, the guy in hell, he sees, he hears, he has feeling, he has taste. He's burning up in agony in the flames. Do you see? He has five spiritual senses that are activated. Do you realize that when you die... Your physical senses die, but your spiritual senses live on throughout eternity. I say let's learn to activate and live with activated spiritual senses right now. Let's practice it right here today. Right? What about God? God is spirit. Right? And those who worship him worship in the flesh. Those who worship him worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, God is spirit. Okay, he's invisible God, right? Right? Okay, he's invisible. So, he doesn't have a physical body per se. He is a spiritual being. He is a spirit being. God is spirit. Does he see? Does he hear? Does he feel? Does he taste? Does he smell? <laughs> Does he have a sense of smell? <laughs> Does he use deodorant? <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Does it? Yes. All of the above. He has five spiritual senses. Now, so he is spirit. And we worship him how? In the spirit. By activating our spiritual senses, connecting with his spiritual senses. That's true worship. It's not, you know, just singing along the words off the screen. That's not worship. It's those allow us to connect with our spirit, to activate our spiritual part to connect with him. Then we're engaged in true worship. We go to a whole different level. It's so awesome to experience that degree of worship when our spiritual senses are activated and flowing in the Spirit. Now, back in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. Who, because of practice, have their senses trained. We, through practice, can train our spiritual senses to discern good and evil. Now, let's talk about the discerning of spirits for a moment. The discerning of spirits is one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, right? 
What is the discerning of spirits? It's not the gift of discernment. It's the discerning of spirits. Right? That's what it is. It's not the gift of a judgmental spirit. It's not the gift of a critical spirit. It's not the gift of suspicion. What is it? It is the gift of discerning of spirits. God, Satan, heaven, hell, angels, demons, plus your own human spirit. That's what the discerning of spirits does. It distinguishes whether your natural physical senses are at work or your spiritual senses are at work. Are you, what are you picking up? Are you picking up something that's from yourself, from God, or from Satan? It discerns the spirits so that you know what you're operating out of and what signals you're picking up. The discerning of spirits is critical to the church today. There's so much baloney going on all over the world in the name of the Lord. And you know what? Our little buzzer goes off on the inside. It's like, you know, and we, we ignore it too much. We need to start paying attention to that little buzzer. We all have the discerning of spirits. We all have it operating. Now, just for example, you go into a room, and all of a sudden it's like, ooh, you know, you got the heebie-jeebies. It's like, get me out of here. It's like you're just, you're just picking up evil all around. Now, you may be seeing it. You may be hearing it. You may be feeling it. You may be tasting it. You may be smelling it. Okay, and, and you think that you're perceiving that in the natural where it's the spiritual because that is where the discerning of spirits comes in. It's on the spirit level. It's the activation of your spiritual senses that are picking up that evil presence there. And you want to get out of there. That's the discerning of spirits. You pick up the evil. We come in here and we're worshiping God just like the worship this morning. Oh, man, it was just it was so wonderful. And we're worshiping God, and it's like, oh, whoa, God's all over this place. What's that? Discerning of spirits. God's here. So you know that your spiritual senses are activated to perceive the presence of God. Now, he's here whether you perceive it or not. Through practice, we learn to discern and have our spiritual senses activated where we can entertain the presence of God more often, where we can entertain the presence of God throughout the day, no matter what we're doing uh, at any time. You see, seeing in the Spirit is a form of the discerning of spirits because when you see in the Spirit, you can see angels and you can see demons. And you can distinguish, that's an angel, that's a demon. Now, I know many of you have seen demons as a child. In fact, how many of you, how many of you as a child saw demons? Just raise your hand. Just be real honest because, yeah, a lot of you. Typically, what we do is we say, oh, make it stop, make it stop, I never want to see it again. Or we run to our parents and say, make it stop, make it stop, I never want to see it again. And what we're doing is we're shutting down on the, on the revelatory gift of the discerning of spirits. That's what we're doing. There's nothing. When you see in the spirit, you see angels and demons both. Because you see a demon, that's not a big deal. If you see a demon, what do you do? You just kick in the butt and tell it to go in the name of Jesus. Because God's given you authority over that. It's nothing to be afraid of at all. So if you shut down 
on seeing in the Spirit because you saw a demon, you can reactivate that right now. And we're just going to pray just a real quick prayer of just renouncing the shutting down of seeing demons and ask God to activate that now, okay? So that you begin to see angels. Now, you see both. You can see angels and you see demons. Like I said, it's no big deal if you see a demon. But when you see an angel, you can cooperate with what that angel is doing because that's what God's doing in heaven. That's what God sent that as a messenger. God sent that angel for a purpose. And when we cooperate with that, that's what releases heaven to earth right here. That's participating in what God's doing in the heavens. So that's a good thing. Okay, so if you, if you shut down because of seeing demons as a child, we're going to pray right now. I want you to just pray this prayer with me out loud. It's just a quick little prayer. It's a simple prayer. It doesn't take long, but it works. Okay, are you ready? Okay, just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I renounce the shutting down of seeing demons. God, forgive me. And right now, I activate again the discerning of spirits. That I can see both angels and demons. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, it's that simple. Now, you're going to see a difference right away. Literally. See a difference. Now, <clears throat> people ask me all the time, how do you see angels? Do you see them like people? Like I'm looking at you and you're looking at me. Yes. Sometimes. But you have too. You say, what? No, I haven't. Yes, you have. I would say virtually every person in this room has seen an angel in the natural, physical form. You say, well, no, I don't. No, that's crazy. What does Hebrews 13, 2 say? It says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by it some have entertained angels, and they didn't even know it. Kathy and I were in uh, Mexico. We're a thousand miles down in Mexico. The side wall of our tire blew out, okay? A big gaping hole in the side of the tire. It couldn't be repaired. We went all over this little town looking for another tire for our car. There was not one tire in the whole town that would fit our car. We were in a mess. Our spare tire was losing air. We had to put air in it about every two hours, okay? We had to do something. So in desperation, we cried out to God that night. We said, God, send somebody. Show us, show us where we can get a tire for the car. The next day, we're standing on the street. This guy walks up to us, and he says, can I help you? And I said, well, yeah. I said, we need a tire for the car. He said, I know just the place. He said, I'll go with you. He jumped in the car. He took us out to Scariesville outside of town. <laughs> out here to, and he pulled up to this place that had just piles of tires all over the place and he goes in he comes back and he said they have the tire that'll fit your car i said well praise god he oversaw the whole thing he said now take me back to where you picked me up i said okay we took him back we got within you know a couple of blocks he said this is good just let me off right here well it was a big concrete plaza area there was no trees no people there was nothing there he gets out of the car we thanked him we turned and looked back and he was gone. Kathy even opened the door of the car to see if he was hiding beside the car. He completely disappeared. And it was like, duh, that was an angel. It took forever to figure that out. Now, how many times 
have you had a total stranger help you out at a time of need? And you think, boy, you know, there's some decent people left in this world after all. <laughs> that sure was nice of that person. Hebrews 1.14 says that angels are ministering spirits sent to render service to the heirs of salvation. That's you. That's me. That's what they do. You have seen an angel with your natural, physical eyes. And if you really think back, every one of us have experienced something like what I just talked about. How many of you, when, you, when somebody helped you like that and you turned you know, to see them as they were leaving or whatever, and then you lost them, you couldn't find them? How many of you had that experience? Okay, good. Look at, look at all. Okay, great. You see, what is that? You've seen an angel. Don't say, I've never seen an angel, because you have. The reason that you don't think you've seen an angel is because the angel didn't look like what you thought an angel should look like. <clears throat> right? I had, a, I had a guy come up, and he was testifying, and he said, you know, he said, I've never seen an angel before. And he said, but it's like there's two standing right over there in that corner. Oh, and there's one over here in this corner, but this one over here has a sword in his hand. But I've never seen an angel now, how did he know there's two standing in this corner, one in this corner, and this one over here had a sword in his hand? Because he didn't see with his natural physical eye a natural physical angel that looked like an angel. He saw through the eye of his spirit the angel. I often see angels most often as, as an image transposed over what I'm looking at, like they're transparent. That's the way I, I usually see angels. Sometimes I've seen them like as, as spotlights moving across the room. I've seen them as a column of light. I've seen them as sparkling lights. I've seen them in a lot of different forms. In most cases, you have too. Have you ever seen an angel in a dream or a vision? Well, yeah, but that doesn't count. I mean, that's not, you know, that was just in a dream or just in a vision. Well, hold on. We're going to take a, we're going to take a closer look at that. You see, because we have a tendency to think, well, you know, that's just my imagination. I mean, I'm just making this stuff up. Um, you know, this, you know it's, it's, not, it's, real, it's really not God. And we belittle ourselves all the time. We listen to the lie of the enemy that's trying to stop us from perceiving the things of the Spirit and entertaining our five spiritual senses to be able to connect in with the Spirit of God. We all have it. It's all there. And in most cases, it's active we're just not identifying it, and we're not acknowledging that that's exactly what's happened. Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or fixed on him. That's a, you know, we all know that verse. God will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. I looked up that word mind. It's a Hebrew word, yetzer. Okay? Yatzer, that's, that's what, which literally means imagination. It literally means framed, a thing framed imagination. Let's read the verse again. God will keep him in perfect peace. How many of you really need peace? I mean, you, you know, like, oh, this would be so... God will keep you in perfect peace whose imagination is fixed on Him. Where you look beyond the natural, physical, into the realm of the Spirit, and you see the presence of God. 
You know, I don't know about you, but I was taught that the imagination was evil. Okay? That, you know, that you're getting in the realm of fantasy and all of this stuff, and that's not God, and you, and you don't go there at all. No. The imagination is, is, is a God-given mechanism with which we can see. You all have it. We all have it. We all use visualization. That's a bad word, too, because the New Age movement has latched onto that word. And so because they use it, we don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. Every one of us have been using visualization since the day we were born. You have a, a television set. On the, you have the screen of your mind that you see, right? That is the mechanism of your imagination. Now, obviously, okay, let, what, what is... What is um, imagination? It's simply the forming of mental images. That's all it is. It's the forming of mental images. It's every time you see something on the screen of your mind. If you're reading a Bible story, you know, the disciples in the boat, Jesus comes walking up on the water. You, just, you picture that on the screen of your mind. That is your sanctified imagination because it's tapped into what God is doing. God is bringing you revelation about those, those uh, Bible stories. See, when your mind is in step with God's will and God's purpose, your imagination becomes a bridge to cross over into the supernatural realm of the Spirit. Bill Johnson said, a yielded imagination becomes a sanctified imagination. We're talking about the, the mental, the forming of mental images. That's what you do when you dream. That's what you do when you have a vision. It's the activation of your sanctified imagination. That's exactly what it is. Now, let's go back to the television set. Does everybody see the TV right here? Everybody see the TV? Okay. Yeah, it is. It's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Now, here's the thing about this TV. The television set of itself is neither good nor bad. It depends on what channel you put it on. Right? It's the exact same with your imagination. Your imagination is neither good nor bad. It depends on what channel you put it on. You have the ability to focus in on whatever you want to allow to go across the screen of your mind. And just like the hearing part, the more you buy into that and the more you entertain that, the more you take ownership of it and the more you become like that. So we've got the sanctified imagination and we've got the natural fleshly worldly. The sanctified imagination is focused on the things of God. It's focused on the presence of God, the Spirit of God, the Word of God. The sanctified imagination is in submission to the Holy Spirit. So we're allowing the images on the screen of our mind to be birthed by the Spirit of God. And we have the ability to discern what we're seeing. Is it God or not? Because we've got the discerning of spirits. The more that we activate our spiritual senses the more we see on our screen and the more we discern what it is that we're seeing. And we see it in so many different ways. You remember, you can see with your ears. And so when you hear something, you can see it. Just like I said, donut, you saw a donut, right? Airplane. 
Everybody saw an airplane. Okay, how many different airplanes did we see? We saw all kinds of different airplanes. How many of you saw a commercial air, airplane? It was like a commercial, okay. How many of you saw a, like a fighter jet, a military plane? That's what you wanted to see? How many of you saw like a, like a private, you know, a private plane, a smaller private plane? Yeah. How many of you saw like an antique plane, you know, when it was a bi-wing type? Yeah, see, we all saw all different kinds of planes, but we all saw a plane. We saw the plane based on our cultural experiences, based on our life experiences. God, see, I just said airplane, and you all saw an airplane. God speaks to us. The thoughts of our mind are converted to pictures. So that's why it's so important to discern the origin of the thoughts. If they're from God, we're tapping into the Spirit, and He's giving us the godly images on the screen of our mind. That is seeing in the Spirit. It's not hard. We all do it. It's available to every one of us. Okay? So it's a matter of just cultivating it, practicing it, identifying it, saying, hey, this is God. Okay? Proverbs 23, verse 7. It says, as he thinks within himself, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Right? Okay. Now, that word thinks, I looked that up. <laughs> it's sha'ar in the Hebrew, which means to split or open, to act as a gatekeeper. As you act as a gatekeeper over your heart, so are you. It's what you allow in is what you become like. So we have that choice. We have the discerning of spirits. We can cut off anything, any thought that raises itself up against the knowledge of God, and we can take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus. That's what it's all about. That's, the, or that's how this whole thing, I mean, that's really the bottom line of this whole thing. Now, we become like what we focus on. <clears throat> what you listen to, what you see, you take ownership of. It, you, it, becomes, it becomes you, right? The mind set on the flesh is death. The mind set on the spirit is life and peace. We have a choice as to what we set our mind on. It's that simple. That's uh, Romans 8. The mindset on the flesh is death. The mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Whatever your mind is set on, those are the thoughts that you entertain, and those are the images that you begin to see on the screen of your mind. Okay? Now, um, the devil will put worldly, fleshly, sinful stuff into your thought life. He'll put it on the screen of your mind and get you to buy into that. Okay, that's where the discerning spirits come in. We say, no, I'm not going to entertain that. I'm not going to have anything to do with that kind of stuff, right? Okay, now, God considers imagination as reality. God considers imagination as reality. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Do you get the picture? Pun intended. In other words, if you engage on the screen of your mind an adulterous affair, God says you're just as guilty as if you had carried out the physical act. 
God considers imagination as reality because what you imagine on the screen of your mind, you entertain it long enough, it does become reality to you. You walk it out, you live it out. Now, whether in reality, whether it's true or not, to you it becomes truth. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, <clears throat> that's important. Now, I want to do an experiment. I want to practice some of this stuff, and then we're going to look. I'm going to give you a, a, a Bible, um, um, uh, what's the word? Um, well, no, more than that. A biblical basis for what we're talking about, okay? <clears throat> okay, so I want, first, I want you to close your eyes. Everybody just close your eyes. And um, I want you to picture your kitchen on the screen of your mind. And I want you to imagine you standing in your kitchen. And I want you to just look around in there. Now, if you're hungry, you're probably looking at the refrigerator. <clears throat> but look around in the kitchen. Look at the stove, the sink, the cabinets. Okay, look around. Don't look at the dirty dishes in the sink. <laughs> okay, does everybody see your kitchen? Okay, does anybody not see your kitchen? If you do not see your kitchen, raise your hand. I want to see. Does anybody not see your kitchen? Okay, so everybody sees your kitchen. Okay, open your eyes. If you can see your kitchen, you can see in the realm of the Spirit. It's the exact same mechanism. I told you, look at your kitchen. You, on the screen of your mind, on your imagination, you imagined yourself in your kitchen looking around. And, and some of you saw it real clear. Some of you kind of foggy, you know, not real clear. It doesn't matter. You can focus in on a particular part of your kitchen and keep looking there, and all of a sudden it, gets, it comes into clearer focus. So it is with the things of the Spirit. Let's do another experiment. Okay, close your eyes. And this time I want you to look at an elephant. Okay? Everybody look at an elephant. <clears throat> now look at the, you see the big floppy ears and the, the big ivory tusks, the, the big trunk, the, um, the tapered body, the, the little rope tail, the rough gray skin, the big round stumpy legs. Does everybody see the elephant? Okay. Now, I want you to focus intently on that elephant. You may be looking at it from different perspectives, but I want you to just focus in on, on one view of that elephant. And I want you to just burn that in the screen of your mind right now. Okay? And in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to open your eyes and look at me. But when I do that, I want you to keep looking at the elephant when you open your eyes and look at me, okay? So look intently at the elephant now, okay? Now keep looking at the elephant, but open your eyes and look at me. Go ahead, do that right now, okay? Now, you can still see the elephant, right? I don't look like an elephant. I used to use the illustration of a red-faced monkey, but there was too much resemblance, so I changed it to an elephant. 
the way that you saw that, you saw that elephant as an image transposed overlooking at me. Right? That's the way I see in the Spirit most of the time. Just like that. Because my, when my spiritual senses are activated, I'm picking that up. God is speaking to me. I am hearing His words, His thoughts, and that plays out on the screen of my mind, and then I can see what God's doing. Do you understand? The exact same way. So, you can see with your eyes open or your eyes closed. It doesn't matter. Some people actually see better with their eyes open. <laughs> that sounds funny, doesn't it? I'm, but I'm talking about with your spiritual sight. Actually, with me, it's that way. I actually see more with my eyes open than I do with my eyes closed in the spirit realm. So some of you, like if you, you practice this stuff, some of you, it's easier for you to see with your eyes open than it is with your eyes closed. But in reality, most of us can see better with our eyes closed. <laughs> uh, that sounds, yeah, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? Okay, <clears throat> turn over to, to Daniel chapter 4. <clears throat> and I want to give you a biblical basis for what we're talking about to prove to you that you're having these encounters, to prove to you that you're more spiritual than you think you are, okay? And how the enemy is trying to rob you of these blessings that God is releasing in your life as your spiritual senses are activated. Now, in uh, <clears throat> Daniel chapter 4, <clears throat> verse 4, um, no, verse, uh, verse 4, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream, and it made me fearful. And these fantasies, as I lay on my bed, and the visions in my mind kept alarming me. Now, it depends on the different translations. It may say visions in my mind or visions in my head, whichever way. In other words, what he was seeing, he was not seeing with his natural physical eyes, but he was seeing with the eyes of his spirit. He was seeing on the screen of his mind. Okay, the Amplified Bible says the thoughts and imaginations and visions and the visions of my head. The NIV says the images and visions that passed through my mind. You got it? I looked up that word. It's in the Hebrew. It's harhor, which means imagining. Okay, imagining, it's from the root word hara, which means to conceive, like to become pregnant. In other words, what you conceive in your mind is just as real as becoming pregnant. God considers imagination as reality. Okay, it's the same idea. Again, what is the imagination? It's simply the forming of mental images. That's all it is. Don't make it out something it's not, okay? That's all it is. Don't let the devil tell you that your imagination is evil. It can be, but your imagination can be sanctified, tapping into the Spirit of God. That's what we're trying to get to today, okay? <clears throat> uh, over in uh, verse uh, 10. Now, these were the visions in my mind or in my head as I lay on my bed. I was looking. Underline, I was looking. And behold, there's a tree in the midst of the earth whose height was great, and the birds and the bees and the butterflies and all that stuff. Verse 13, I was looking in the vision. Underline, I was looking. And circle in the visions in my what? In my head or in my mind. 
he was not seeing this with his natural physical eye, but the eye of his spirit. As I lay on my bed, and behold, an angelic watcher, a holy one, descended from heaven. Now, did Nebuchadnezzar see an angel? Yes. Did he see the angel with the eye of his spirit? Yes. Did he see it with his natural physical eye? No. Did he see an angel? Yes. He saw an angel, right? He, verse 14, he, the angel, shouted out and spoke as follows. Now, the angel spoke to Nebuchadnezzar. Did Nebuchadnezzar hear the angel with his natural physical ear or with his spiritual hearing? It was his spiritual hearing. He saw the angel on the screen of his mind in a vision. The angel spoke to him. He heard the angel with his spiritual sense of hearing. Turn over to Daniel chapter 7, verse 1. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions in his mind or in his head as he lay on his bed, and he wrote the dream down and related the following summary of it. Verse 2, Daniel said, I was looking, underline, I was looking, and then circle in my vision. Now, this is important because we're going to tie this together in a moment. I was looking in my vision by night, and behold, the winds of stirring up the great and the four beasts and the eagle and the lion and all this stuff. Verse 6, after this, I kept looking. Underline, I kept looking. Verse 7. After this, I kept looking in the night visions. Underline, I kept looking. You see, the more he looked, the more he saw. Every time he kept looking, he saw more. This is important. Verse 9. I kept looking. Underline, I kept looking. Until thrones were set up and the Ancient of Days took his seat. Now, who's that? That's God the Father. Whoa, it don't get any better than this, does it? His vesture was like white snow, the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were burning fire. Now, where's Daniel? Daniel is in the throne room, and he sees God. He didn't start off in the throne room. He started off seeing wind and birds and bees and butterflies and trees. That's how he started, but he kept looking. And the more he looked, the more he saw. I kept looking, I kept looking, I kept looking, I kept looking. Okay? That's the practice. He kept looking, he kept looking, and the more he looked, then he ends up in the throne room. Not only that, but let's keep reading. Verse 10. A river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands were attending him, and myriads upon myriads were standing before him. Who's that? Those are angels. And the court sat, and the books were opened. Then, verse 11, I kept looking. Underline, I kept looking. In the middle of the verse, I kept looking. Twice in that same verse. I don't know about you, but I'd probably quit looking at this point. But he didn't. He kept looking. Verse 11, I kept looking, underline, I kept looking, in, circle in. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. Now, who's that? That's Jesus. And he came up to the ancient of days. Jesus came up to God the Father and was presented before him. 
now. That's pretty good. Right? Again, he didn't start out there, did he? No. He started out to seeing stuff that would, you know, would just be, well, that's just my imagination. Right? Okay. Well, it was. But it was his sanctified imagination. And he didn't belittle seeing the birds and the bees and the butterflies and the trees. That was the beginning point. That was a launching pad to keep practicing and to keep looking and to keep looking and to keep looking. Okay? Verse, uh, chapter 8. <clears throat> In the third year, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Balsasar, the, the king, a vision appeared to me, Daniel, subsequent to the one which appeared to me previously. Now, Daniel had one vision. Okay. He, now, he's fixing to have another one. So, these are two separate occasions. Verse 2, I looked, underline, I looked in the vision, circle in. I looked in the vision, and while I was looking, I was in the citadel of Susa, which is in the province of Elam, and I looked, underline, I looked in the vision, and I myself was beside the canal. <laughs> okay? Now, let's take, a, let's take a close look at this. He was looking in the vision, and while he was looking, you know what happened? He saw himself in the vision. First, he saw, him in the, saw himself in the city of Susa. Then he saw himself um, uh, at, at that canal. I'm not going to tell you the name of it again. When I said, imagine yourself in the kitchen looking around, you saw yourself in the kitchen, right? God does exactly the same thing in dreams or in visions. How many of you have seen yourself in a dream or a vision? Can I see your hands? Okay. What is the difference in seeing yourself in a dream or a vision or Daniel seeing himself in a dream or a vision? There's no difference. There's no difference at all. Okay? It's the same, it's the same thing. Now, verse 3, Then I lifted my eyes and looked. Underline, looked. Now, Okay, everybody look at me. This is what Daniel said. Okay, see, he sees himself in the vision. Okay? He said, then I lifted my eyes and looked. Right? That's what he says. So he's in the vision. He sees what he's seeing. He starts off seeing himself in the city. Now he sees himself out by the canal. And then he keeps looking. He, he looks around in the vision. And the more he looks, the more he sees. We have this little bitty tiny pinhole of a screen that we look on. And we, th and we think, well, that's all there is. But God's got this big, huge screen. And ours is just not even a little dot in the corner of it. But you know what? As we practice this, and the more we look in that little screen that we've got, and we start looking around, the bigger and bigger and bigger it gets. And the more you start seeing in there that you didn't know was there at all. You begin to see in the heavens. You begin to see in the Spirit. You begin to see what God's doing. You begin to see the heart of other people. You begin to see everything from a totally different perspective as you're looking in that screen of your mind, using your sanctified imagination, allowing the Spirit of God to take over. Okay? That's, that's what's happening. Now, you, do, you remember, do you remember when uh, you could rent a VHS video? You remember those that were tape-like things? And, 
And, and, and that was when, do you, remember, do you remember when the television sets were square? <laughs> Seems like a million years ago, but it wasn't long ago at all, okay? There's still a lot of square screens around. But you could rent a video, and you could get it in two versions. You could get it in the square screen version, or you could get it in the widescreen version. Now, so you, 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 you put it on, and you put on, if you put on the widescreen version, it's, you remember it was long stretched across, there was black on top and black on the bottom. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. If you are looking at the square screen version, all you're seeing is the main characters. That's all you're seeing. Is stuff happening all around that you don't see? Yes, because you're limited in your vision of it. It's been narrowed down to where you can't see anything but the main characters. Now, if you, take, if you choose the widescreen version and you're watching that because you have to watch closer because it's smaller. Remember, it's stretched all across. Nine times out of ten, your focus is still on the main characters. How many of you look at the widescreen version, you know, and instead of looking at the main characters where the action is, you know, you're looking around like that? There could be all kind, particularly in whodunits, there's all kinds of stuff going on all around that you don't have any idea about unless you look around to see what's going on. It's exactly the same in the spirit. Long time ago, I was really praying about all this stuff, and I went into the spirit. I mean, it was like, boom, I was there, I was, and I saw Jesus standing right beside me. Now, I, I saw Jesus standing beside me like the guy in the email. I saw him as a blurry figure, but I knew it was Jesus. How did I know it was Jesus? It was spirit to spirit. There was a spirit connection. I knew that was Jesus. There was no question in my mind. And I felt prompted by the spirit to begin to focus on him, to bring him into clearer focus, and to start looking around. I'm t- l- listen, the supernatural realm of the spirit is more real than the natural physical world that we live in. We're going to live for eternity in the supernatural realm of the spirit. Okay? The things that you can see were created out of the invisible realm. Okay? That's why we're told in, in 2 Corinthians 4.18 to don't look at things you can see. Look at things you cannot see because the things that you can see are temporary. The things that you cannot see with your natural physical eye are eternal. God is saying, look beyond the natural into the supernatural realm of the spirit. It's more real than the chair you're sitting in. These dreams and these visions that you've had and as God has brought revelation to you on the screen of your mind are more real than this very floor or these walls or the ceiling. It's more real. The supernatural realm, all of the physical was created out of the invisible, out of that supernatural realm. It's more real. It's more powerful. We have to change our mindset about how we view all of this stuff, okay? Now, I saw Jesus standing here as a blurry figure, and I began to focus on him, and as I did, he became really clear. And I looked down. We were standing on this dirt path. And we started walking. And as we started walking, I started looking. And to the right of Jesus, I saw this white, uh, kind of a fluffy little, real playful dog just, you know, bounding along beside of us. Are there dogs in heaven? 
I don't know where I was. Are there horses in heaven? <laughs> Are there lions and lambs and eagles? And well, anyway, that's a whole different <clears throat> thing. <clears throat> anyway, I saw these bushes that were that were just they were covered in these beautiful flowers like nothing I'd ever seen before. As we kept walking, I saw this this it looked like a uh, one of those uh, willow trees, like it just. Uh, cascading down the branches down and they were covered with these multicolored flowers unbelievable stuff then we walked along this creek all the way down to the top of a waterfall we looked down over the top of it we walked around the side to the base of it we looked back up at the waterfall we kept walking down this path we stopped and he turned and he talked to me now I would have missed every bit of that if I would have stopped when I said oh that's a blurry figure. That must be Jesus. And I would stop right then. It was like, cool, that's cool. No, it went a whole lot farther than that. Where was I? I don't know. But I'll tell you, I know that the Lord walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. And he talked to them and he walked with them. In hindsight, that's what, I, that's what it, it seemed like to me. We can all experience this stuff as we practice it. If you don't practice it, you won't experience it, and you won't get good at it. Anything you do in life requires practice. If you start a new job, change occupations or whatever, or the schooling that you had, did you go through a lot of practice? Yes, you did. How did you become an expert in what you do? Through a lot of practice with a lot of failure. That's how you learn. And that's how we learn this stuff, to tap into the supernatural realm of the Spirit, to activate our spiritual senses, to perceive what God is doing. Listen, it will revolutionize your life. You will never be the same. I promise you that. Now, did, did Daniel see angels? Yes. Did he see Jesus? Did he see God? Yes. How did he see them? He saw them in dreams or visions on the screen of his mind. That's how he saw them. Was it real? It was real enough that God included it in the Bible. It was the real deal. Okay? That was not his imagine. He wasn't just imagining all this stuff. Do you know what I mean? In the, in the negative sense, the way that we perceive that word, what that word actually means to us. Now, encounters with God, with Jesus, with angels... And visions or dreams on the screen of our mind are actual spiritual encounters just like Daniel. There is no difference. You've had these experiences. You've had these dreams. You've had these visions. You've had these moments where, where all of a sudden everything just changed and, and, and something God was speaking to you. You heard his voice. And the result of hearing his voice, you saw something on the screen of your mind. But you didn't discern it was God's voice. You didn't discern that what you were seeing was the Spirit of God. So we want to activate our spiritual sight. We want to activate our spiritual discernment. Okay? Now, let me ask you a question. I know, I know a lot of you, it's like, whoa, I, yeah, whoo. Okay. Because yeah. the enemy's going to try to talk you out of this stuff. Guaranteed. Some of you, you're already questioning it. Well, you know, this is stupid. Okay. Here's the thing. Let me ask you a question. What was the first thought that came to your mind the first time you ever spoke in tongues? Talk to me. 
This is stupid. I'm just making it up. This is from the devil. This isn't God. This is just me. I'm just making this up. This sounds funny. Right. Now, why was that the first thought that came to your mind? Because the devil doesn't want you speaking in tongues. And he's going to try to talk you out of it immediately before that seed has time to take root in your life and begin to produce fruit. He knows that when you speak in tongues, you're speaking to God, not to men. And he knows that when you're speaking in tongues, you're edifying yourself. You're charging your spiritual battery, and he doesn't want you to do that. He knows that the more you speak in tongues, the more he's going to lose his grip over your life. So he tries to talk you out of that immediately. It's the same way with this stuff that we're talking about. There is no difference at all. When we're talking about the things of the supernatural realm of the Spirit, He doesn't want you to embrace this. He doesn't want you to take ownership of this. He doesn't want this seed to be planted and produce fruit in your life because He knows that when you do, oh, He's toast. He's done. He's exposed for what He really is because now you're going to see the power of God displayed like you never even dreamed possible. So that's what it's all about. So we're going to practice this. I, again, I don't want, what time do y'all get done around here? <clears throat> whenever I get done? Don't say that. <laughs> well, we're, we'll get done whenever God gets done, okay? And if you get through before he does, you feel free to leave. <laughs> that was bad, wasn't it? <clears throat> okay. Um. Okay, I want to practice this. I want to pray. We want to activate our spiritual senses. We want to practice this, okay? Don't despise small beginnings. This is really important. God is bringing revelation in ways that are so simple, we don't get it because we try to overcomplicate everything. Okay? So we're going to practice this. You say, well, yeah, but what if, what, what if we do this and, and what if we get the devil? If you ask for bread, he's not going to give you a stone, is he? If you ask for the Spirit, how much more is he going to give you the Spirit? That's what we're going for today. We're asking for the Spirit of God. We're asking that our spiritual senses be activated to tap into the Holy Spirit, to tap into the Spirit of God. Okay? So let's just, uh, let's just all bow our heads for a moment. <clears throat> and I'm going to, I'm just going to pray and just kind of walk you through a, 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 a little process here. And then I'm going to, I'm going to get out of the way. I'm, it's like, you know, like I told you to look at the, the kitchen and the, the elephant and the airplane and the donut, and you did. Well, I'm not going to tell you to look at anything. I'm going to have you to activate your spiritual senses so that God, you hear his voice and you respond with those images on the screen of your mind that are birthed of the Spirit of God. Okay? And then I want you to look around. I want you to do just like what Daniel did. I want you to look around and keep looking and let it unfold. Let God take you where he wants to take you. Let him show you what he wants to show you. You all have this. It, listen, this is not for the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. This is for the body of Christ. It's for every one of us to help us fulfill the call of God in our life, to walk in the destiny God has for each one of us. We can all do this. We can all participate in this. You have been doing it, but we're going to practice it so that you know, hey, this is God. 
And as you look back, God's already brought to your mind things, encounters that you've had that you just wrote off as being just you when it wasn't. It was God. Okay? So, first, Father, I thank you for your presence here. And I want you to just relax and just focus on his presence right now. Just come to that place of peace, a place of rest. Let his spirit come upon you. Father, I thank you for opening the heavens over this building. Releasing your presence, releasing your spirit, releasing your angels. And so, Father, I pray for an activation now of our spiritual senses. So I want you to, I want you to just uh, be proactive in this. I want you to give your eyes to the Lord right now. You're, we're, what we're doing is we're giving our physical eyes to the Lord in order that our spiritual eyes might be activated. So just, just say, God, you know, I give you my eyes, Lord, that I can see beyond this natural, physical world into the supernatural realm of the Spirit. And give him your ears, your natural ears, so that you, the ears of your spirit would be open to hear his voice, to hear his quiet whisper. I give him your mouth, your lips, your tongue. That you can taste the things of the Spirit. That you can taste the things of the Spirit. Just like you could taste that donut. I give him your nose, your physical nose, so that you can smell the fragrance of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, your spiritual sense of smell. Now give him your hands or your, your, your touch that you can, that, that we're not going to go on the physical now, but we're going to go on the supernatural, the spiritual part of feeling the presence of God, being embraced by him. Oh, Lord, I pray, open their eyes that they might see. That they might see beyond this natural, physical world into the supernatural realm. That the eyes of their spirit, their heart, may be enlightened. In the name of Jesus. Father, that you would take them into visions. You would take them into, not dreams, don't fall asleep on me, into, into visions. Let there be an activation now of those spiritual senses. God, you take them. You know, you just go with the Spirit now. Go with the flow. Let God take you where he wants to take you. Let him show you what he wants to show you. 
And as images begin to develop on the screen of your mind, ask God to bring it into clearer focus. But keep looking around and just let it unfold. Let God bring revelation to you any way that he chooses. You may, in that setting, you may see yourself. You may, you may hear sounds, the sounds of heaven. You may hear the voice of God. You may see the Lord. You may taste what's around you. You may smell the smells of, uh, of the environment that the Lord has placed you in. We want to activate all of our spiritual senses, feeling his presence, feeling what's happening in, in the scene. So just go with it now.